This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Jam-packed edition of ESPN New York Tonight for you. Gordon and I will talk a little basketball, baseball, and I'll see if I can speak to Professor Damer. We'll explain. 1-800-919-3776. That's the number to join us on ESPN New York tonight for this Monday edition of the show. Also, you can reach us via social media at Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with the great Brian Munguia and Mike Mike. We're here until midnight on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, oh Gordon. Yes, Larry. How are you? Oh, today? Yes. Wonderful. What Excellent. a great day. Fantastic Absolutely. day. Didn't have to sit and watch the Yankee. Not a single pitch of Yankee baseball to sit through today. No one else on the Nets got hurt, at least not today. So everything's good today. Yes, everything's good today. So here's why I wanted to ask you to explain to me, Professor Damer. Okay. I'll try my best. Oh, I know you you have the answers. You're <laughs> Professor Damer. And when it comes to this subject, promo code Gordon, mm. I know you know. Mm. Gordon, help me out now. The Nets are favored to lose game five. Yes. But they're favored to win the championship. Yeah, well. <laughs> don't you realize if they if these folks don't get back, they may not get out past Milwaukee. Oh, and I, I, I don't think they will. I mean, look, I think maybe, you know, Kevin Durant, as great and as amazing as he is, back at home, game five, maybe they can, they can steal one that way. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – we all talked about before the playoffs. How is anybody going to beat this Nets trio in four out of seven games? Well, one of the guys has basically not played in any of them, and Kyrie going down in game four has fundamentally, to me, changed the outlook of the series. I mean, you could have lost game four if Kyrie is healthy, if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, think, all right, well, it's a best of three now. We got two on our home court. To me, now this series completely changes based on the fact that neither is playing game five. And I don't think – I think there's a very good chance that Kyrie Irving does not play again this year. I agree with you. And this is the scary thing. Gordon, have you heard any – we say this again, right? Have you heard the timeline for James Harden coming back? Well, it seems like he's at least close. But, you know, you have to keep in mind – after everything that, that KD went through with Golden State, right, maybe feeling a little pressure to come back even though he was cleared to come back and then going down, I, I think that the team that KD is on now and, and benefiting, I think, from that, they're not going to force somebody to play. Any team's not going to force a guy to play when they're not ready, but even force them to kind of make a little push if he's not ready. So uh, obviously he's not going to play in game five, but at least it seems like there's at least the possibility of holding out hope that he can play in game six. Kyrie, the way he looked, I mean, maybe he's just a miraculous healer. Uh, I, I find it hard to believe if this went seven, even if they somehow advance, that it's going to be a while before you see him. I agree. And especially for a player like him, Gordon, who, who look, it's basketball, so obviously you, you, you use your legs and, mm -hmm. and feet and everything. But for him, his ability to cut, his ability to move and stop on right. the dime and, and to, listen, just to elevate on the jumper, that's all legs. You know, that's legs. So if, if, he's, if he's not 100%, uh, and listen, nobody's 100%, but if he's not comfortable in his mind that he can compete, Gordon, he's, I don't see him coming out there, and I don't see the Nets forcing him to come out there. And this is, this is where we get into this age-old argument about being injured and being hurt. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of guys right now in the NBA 
in these playoffs who are playing injured. Not a lot of guys um, who are playing hurt. Not a lot of guys are playing injured. When you're injury, you know, you sit down. You sit out. Yeah. And, and I mean, just take a And look, this is not a, a very scientific way to go about it. But mm-hmm. Harden left game one, walked off the court. We haven't seen him since. Yeah. Kyrie crumpled to the floor in agonizing pain, left the arena in on crutches in a, in a boot. So you'd have to think that any chance that you see him again, I would think it would be only if the Nets advance deep into the Eastern Conference Finals. They're going to have to be prepared to play for the foreseeable future without Kyrie Irving. And as Kevin Durant said after the game, you know what? They understand this. It's not like they haven't been through this before. And he says the next man up mentality will have to be reminded to everybody on the team. We talk about basketball all year. We talk about schemes and what needs to be done and, all of us go through scenarios in our head because we love to play. But at certain points, it's just about going out there and hooping. I mean, we can have as many speeches as we want to give, but pretty much around this time, every team is going out there and just playing the game. And we got a game plan we want to execute as, that, as simple as that. And we try not to add too much extras on anything. We all know what, the, what this game is about, and we all know what, what this time is. It's playoffs. Coach Nash? Uh, because you've had this happen before, does it make it a little easier transition since you're used to having guys out? It's tough to lose, you know, great players, but we've we've lost guys all season. So if there's any silver lining, it's that we've continued to win games this year, regardless of who's been available. We've been able to adapt on the fly, which is difficult to do sometimes. Um, but for us, that, that's something we, we've had some experience with, and we should have some comfort and belief that no matter who plays, we can still perform and play well and be very difficult to beat. So I'm excited for our guys. Great opportunity, no matter who plays, to play in a really big playoff game at home and, and improve from the last game. Now, I understand what he's saying, and he has a right to say that, and that's what he's supposed to say. But here's the reality. Right now, if you are any coach worth your salt, you are not letting Kevin Durant beat you. You're making Kevin Durant to be a great passer in this game five because right now who consistently on this team is going to be able to hit the jumpers, going to be able to do the things that you need to at this level because very simply, this is not the regular season. This is the postseason, and game five is the is the it, it's the pivotal game of this series right now because whoever takes this lead, is, you know, it changes the whole momentum of the series. Yeah, I think if you were the Nets, I think you would sign for a game seven right now. Sure. Um, I mean, with the way that the injury outlook looks now, Durant, when he played apparently without – uh, both Harden and Kyrie this year played very well. But as you said, that's regular season, man. Uh, you don't have to tell Nick fans the difference between regular mm. season and postseason. So uh, he is going to have his hands full in, in this game five. And now it almost kind of, you know, it was originally the Nets game plan. Don't let uh, Giannis kind of just take over and, and you focus solely on, on Giannis. Now it's, it's kind of reversed. Now that the bucks are going to be saying, Hey, just don't let Durant beat us. Let all these other guys try to beat us because I don't think that they can. No, I don't think so either. Especially if Giannis and Middleton and Drew holiday has got to be more efficient in his scoring mm-hmm. than he's been this series. But if these guys play close to the way they did, in game four, and to be honest, they didn't play that great. They played a great first half because they went crazy from three. Then my issue with them, and I said it on the air yesterday, is 
they get too happy with the threes and they'll put them up and there's good threes and there's bad threes and they put up a lot of bad threes and they missed them and they let the Nets hang around. That third quarter, I mean, Durant went crazy at 16 to 17 points in that quarter and when you see who was on the floor with him, he should not have been able to be so successful and he was defended, defended by one person, no double team at all. And yeah. I'm sitting there, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Don't you see there's nobody else? Not that there's nobody else, but you know what I'm right. saying. There's uh, nobody yeah, of that no, level. No one of that level, right. That, that's going to be able to, to hurt you like this. You're letting him score. He's dribbling. He's getting to every spot he wants to on the floor. He's too efficient to score to allow him to do something like that. Yeah, and uh, we'll see how that impacts game five because, um, you know, for the Nets, you can try to put it behind you and everything else and say all the right things like Steve Nash said. Yeah, they, they did go through the regular season with all these guys in and out of the lineup, not really playing together. I think it's a different story now, especially this deep. It's one thing when you go into a series, if you say, all right, we're not going to have this guy, you know, for the first couple of games, but we're eventually going to get him back. Mm. You lose game five. It might, it might not matter. Katie, he might join him on the bench. <laughs> I mean, it might not matter if you lose game five. Yeah, it's true. This uh, game four is going right down to the wire between Atlanta Absolutely. and Philadelphia. This has been a seesaw battle. I give Atlanta credit. Uh, Absolutely. You have to. Yeah. Because they were down, Philly what were they rolling. down, 15, 16 18. in this game? 18. 18. Okay, there you go. They were down 18 in this game, and they just had a key turnover, and now Philly will get the ball back. Gordon, I know you heard me screaming. Listen, I love Greeny. Listen to him all the time. He could not be more wrong. He cannot be more wrong. About the defense mugging, on mugging. Mugging. There's no mugging in the NBA. Mugging in the NBA was out legislated in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> there is no mugging in the NBA. None. I was, I, you know, the Jokic play that he got ejected for, I'm thinking to myself, boy, back in the 90s, that would have been, that would have been like nothing. That, that was, in the 90s, that was called a hard foul. Right. <laughs> I mean, all you have to know about, like, for people that weren't alive, at one point the Knicks toyed with, I don't think they did it, but the, the cover of their media guide was going to be the, the, like an overview of the lane with a mm -hmm. chalk outline of like a body. That's how tough they were going to play defense in the lane. So, yeah, the, the, the defense, now, I, I wouldn't say mugging. I think that might no, be it's a, a bit, bit strong. I mean, you can't even put – I mean, now – I will, I will say, say this. Th I'm surprised yeah. that they have gotten away with some of the stuff that they have done with Durant. But, yeah, mugging I think is – it's going a little bit. Now, the NBA, though, has always allowed the the playoffs to be more physical. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have gotten away with this in the regular season. No, definitely not. No, they, they call it much closer in the regular season. In the in the playoffs, they allow you to be a bit more physical because they understand there's more at stake. Mm -hmm. The games are, you know, you're trying to get the championship. So it's a little different. But mugging, I would not, I would not be surprised, much. though, if we see some calls made in game five that were not made in games one, two, three, and four. Could be. Could be. That would not shock me at all. Could be, because what happens is every new official that comes in, mm -hmm. the officiating team, they sit down, they look at the video, they have interviews, and they look, and, you know, this is the way, this is what, uh, you know, they make the adjustments. Well, Atlanta wins. Atlanta came back. Wow. That's a great win for them. Yeah, 103-100. That evens the series at two apiece. But really, for, is, is a big difference. But for Philly, listen. You got your one, which is what you needed. You always want at least a split. But I tell you, it kind of hurts you a little bit to be up 18 and lose this game. Yeah, and Embiid was not very good tonight. He wasn't. He I wasn't. Mean, he had some issues. He, four he for wasn't. 20. Yeah, it wasn't one of his best games.
It wasn't one of his best, but listen, they were winning in spite of him. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> they really were. They were winning in spite of him. 1-800-919-3776. We'll hear from uh, Kendrick Perkins. Big Perk had something to say about the uh, series. We'll hear from him in the second. First, let's check in with Spike in St. Pete. He's next on 987 ESPN. Hey, Spike. Good evening, my friends. Uh, boy, oh boy. First of all, when uh, my uh, son-in-law adopted the boot of the Bronx calls, he knows I'm right with Tobias Harris. This Ben Simmons, man, I, I, he is just not a good ball player. He's just not a good ball player. And here's what bothers me about the season. I have no dog in the fight here. It was, it was a that there was a mild-mannered rough game compared to the 90s, boys. And, and the Jokic thing you brought up, that might even be a, a common foul when, 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 the, when the Knicks played in the 90s against those teams. But here's where I go with this game. Embiid's hampered. He's hurting. That knee's bothering him. You could tell the way he played. Uh, Doc's even limping. I don't know what that's all about. I didn't have a sound on. But I was talking to my uh, buddy from City College, and we said exactly what you said, Gordon. It's going to go official to official. Whoever's officiating the next game, they're going to go. They're never going to do it the same way. They're going to do it less or more, and that affects the, the coaching and everything. But what bothers me now, I'm not bothered. I love the hoop so much. You, you don't know anyone who loves it more than they may be the same. But here's what I see. The condensed season where they played 10 less games in I don't know how many, like a month less, you know, the – you know, more games per week. Some of these guys are not full efficiency. I was talking to Brian on the pre-pickup. And the Nets, who have, you know, nothing against all rivalry with the Knicks. Yeah, we know that. But the Nets don't have anyone to handle the ball. Kyrie Irving and James Harden, if they were both playing, the ball would be in their hand 90% of the time. I'm not exaggerating. Who's going to handle the ball? Mike James? And, and Durant could go for 40 or 50, and, and the other three guys, you know, Green and, and Blake Griffin and Harris, maybe they'll get 40, 45. It depends. But who's going to get the other 25 points? Yeah. That's the problem the Nets are going to have. Who's going to handle the ball? You tell me. Uh, I'm curious to hear, and I'll get you on the stream. And this game with Atlanta, listen, Ben Simmons, Buddha agree with me. I'm 100% with him. Pulling for his team because I love uh, – Embiid, and I, I know he wasn't 100% tonight. Mm-hmm. It's just that uh, I don't see what Simmons brings to the dance. Yeah, this, is the, this is the night where you need Simmons to kind of pick you up, right? I mean, he's supposed to be yep. – he's not the one, but he's the two. And, you know, he, he was 5 of 10. He had 11 no, points. Harris is the two. Well, I'm saying, but, I mean, he, he was the number one pick in the draft. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah, supposed no, to be giving that, you something. What does he do, Gordon? What does he do? He doesn't do a lot. I mean, he, 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 right. he, he handles the ball. Right, he'll get you some rebounds, but he's terrible at the foul line. He can't score. He can't oh, hit a three. He doesn't even try to take a three. Yeah, yeah. He, he was did. one of five from he the line. Five tonight. foul shots. What's that? I think he missed five fouls. Uh, one of five just, from the line. Five of ten for the game. One of five. All right. Yeah, and and beats hampered, and, and you got to play the games, and you got to go with the officials. So a couple of questionable calls. Look, I thought he's going to win the series. I have no doubt in my mind if Embiid can play. Because I said on college, I said that for Budokol, I said Tobias Harris, he's a secondary player, and he's terrific. He had a very good game, whatever his numbers were. He was efficient. He gets his 20, and, and he guards this guy. You can't. Simmons is a stinker, and he's, he's worthless to me because he can't do anything offensively. So you're playing one-on-four. So I'll listen to the program, and uh, – you guys enjoyed it. 
All right, Spike, thanks for checking in. He does, and Buddha's talk, Buddha talks about it all the time, yep, and that, yep. that's the issue you have with him offensively. Defensively, he had some nice – he did a decent job on Trey Young on a couple of occasions because it's – you know, he, he, he moves the size, with him. right. He's a freak, yeah, the size, know, freaky and, and he, size for a point guard. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but – but you, you, like need to, you need some offense from him. Yeah, I mean, especially in a night where Embiid is, is struggling. I mean, I think at one point he was 0 for 10 in the second half. I mean, yeah. you know, he really struggled, and that's that's the time where Ben Simmons could kind of step up and get. You know, you know, you don't even need to have it every game. Just at some point, could you do something offensively? He finished with 11 points and lost by three. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, you know, from Embiid, I know your your knee is bothering you. Don't take the three. That's more pressure on it. He's yeah. putting up threes. That's more pressure. My friend, go go in the paint and at least get a double team, and, and, and which he does very well. When the double team comes, he does a great job of releasing the ball, finding the open person. I mean, that's what he needs to do. Sam is in the Bronx. Hey, Sam, you're next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on? Larry and God, how y'all doing, man? Sam, what's up, man? Home. I'm good, man. I'm chilling, man. God is good. Um, I want to say the Nets are done. I'm officially Knicks fan. I'm not hating. I'm a fan of the game. Um, I've been watching the 300, the 300 monsters down to one. You know, injuries are part of the game, and I just feel like it's over. Even if they come back, dealing with attrition, you got to get back in the game shape. The game, the Bucks are running. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, they're going to have to come up with something. I don't. I tell you one thing, Sam, and thanks for the phone call. They need Joe Harris in a big way. Oh my God! Tomorrow night. In a big way, they need him to find a jumper. Maybe because they'll be, you know, back at Barclays, he can get going again. Uh, but they desperately need him to give some. He need him to give Durant some scoring help in Game Five. I mean, he has been, whew, yikes! He has been abysmal. I mean, he, I mean that, and that's a guy that you're kind of counting on, and yep. now even more so. Absolutely, absolutely, and they could have used him in Game Four. Yeah, <laughs> they really could have. But, you know, listen, uh, we'll see what happens. He knows that. He knows. We don't have to tell him. <laughs> I mean, you almost need him to be as good as he was bad in yes. games three and four. Yes. But Spike brings up a great point. Who's going to be your, your facilitator? Because they went through a lot in, in game four with a bunch of different folks who really didn't do, really didn't no. do a nice job. And, I, you know, you can't have Durant do that. No. Because he's got to focus on scoring. So, and I don't know if he's, you know, I was, was it first take I was watching today? I think it was first take I was watching. And, you know, they were talking about the fact that they don't know if he's ever been in the position where he's been a facilitator. So, you know, and, and he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot tomorrow night in game five. So it'll be interesting to see what Steve Nash and his uh, coaching staff comes up with for game plan. Is this one of the ones where Steve Nash, Steve Nash is the coach? Because remember, be. the, the, every day it was going to be somebody different. You know, maybe. Oh, it's, it is Steve Nash. It's up to Steve Nash to come up with it. Darn it. Bad day to be the coach that day. You know, you want, you want it the days where everybody's healthy and everything's rolling along. Yes. Down to only Kevin Durant in a you know, pretty critical game five. That's a, well, that's a well, tough listen, one. Well, listen, Jim Harden's on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he's there, right? I mean, yeah, he's available. He can, he can coach, right? Yeah. And who knows? Maybe uh, Kyrie will be there. Maybe he can right. He, I mean, there, he did say it. Sometimes he's going to be the coach. Kevin yeah. can be the. Co- I don't think Kevin that that tomorrow night is not a uh, game five is not a Kevin Durant coach. He's got enough stuff to do. But the other Absolutely. guys, they're free. Augustine Damon, just the two of us. Larry, by the way, yes, I mean, sir. I know baseball is working on this memo. 
to yes. outline the uh, foreign substance plan or whatever they want to call it. it needs a catchier name than that. Mm-hmm. But how many more day, How many more weeks are we going to work on this thing? I mean, funny uh, you should mention that, Gordon. We've got it right now. Hit it, Mike. Jeff Passon reports. Look at you. You must have went to school in Segway City, North Dakota. (laughs) The league will distribute a memo to teams which have been briefed on the broad strokes of the policy change that outlines its plan to penalize all players caught by umpires with any foreign substance on their person. From the widely used sunscreen and rosin combination to spider tack, an industrial glue that has become a favorite among pitchers who want to generate more spin on the ball. I got to sell my my stock shares in spider tack tomorrow. Remind me, Larry, please. Yeah, I th- that's a good idea. Or, or at least, <laughs> at least company, rosin. That company went from one thing <laughs> to something completely. They were selling it like it was going on out of style. Now they can't give it away. That's right. Isn't that something? It, it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So it looks like, um, and I'm trying to get the screen through it to get the penalty. Oh, here we go. Um this is interesting, Gordon. All right. Okay. Between the impending memo and climate of baseball seemingly growing colder to foreign substances since Joe West forced Cardinals pitcher Giovanni Gallegos, Gallegos to remove his hat May 26 because of one, the issue of sticky stuff you know, has gone on. All right. From debates about morality to discussions about a league that has an issue to foreign substance, suspension in more than six years suddenly prompted Levy multiple to the acknowledgement that the starting pitcher, Gordon, could essentially lose one start over 10 games. So you're looking at pitchers being uh, – and it looks like what is going to happen is the umpires are going to – they're not going to stop the game, but it's like when the pitchers pitchers leave, they're going to be able to check them as they leave. And it's – because they were talking about it on the uh, Mets broadcast tonight. Mm -hmm. They they were – between – you know, so it's between innings. So they'll be able to check and see what what has happened with them. Uh, they can bring in the guys from the UFC when they when the guys go in the ring. <laughs> yep. They can bring those guys out and then they can check you know check the hair, check the mouth. Yep. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So they'll That's check great. everything about them and see what's going on and you know so this is the uh, th- this is what Major League Baseball has come to, Gordon. And oh my God. I mean, uh, I mean, to be doing this in the middle of the season. Yep. I, I, it's just mind-boggling that this is, is a professional sport. Like, all of a sudden, in the middle of the season, it dawned on them that this is a problem, mm-hmm. that they're going to change the rules midstream, and uh, they're just giving themselves an extra issue at this point. Yep. Now they're going to have to enforce this. That's right. And, and some of their best stars are going to be made look ridiculous now. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I mean, That's I guess right. it's on the stars because they're using this stuff. They've been told not to use it now, but still, mm-hmm. I don't, you know. I saw one line that teams are having their pitchers throw bullpen sessions without anything so they can get a feel for their pitches. Uh-huh. Of course. Does, they got to do something. <laughs> right. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like that's going to lead to a great product. All of a sudden, the home runs are back. Yep. That's right. All of a sudden. And over the past couple of weeks, huh? What what was there? There's a position that uh, there's some stats that say that everything has gone up. Uh, OPS has gone up. Yeah, the spin know, rates haven't. Those are no, those have plummeted. I bet. Yeah, spin rates are dropping like <laughs> dropping yeah. like uh, sport sport track stock. 
<laughs> spider tax. <laughs> yes, tax yes. The sport <laughs> spider tax stock is uh, is plummeting as we speak here. You know. So once again, they'll figure out what they're going to do, but it looks like at least ten games now. Once again, Gordon, for a starter, that's not that bad. It's not bad. No, you know, it's not bad. You maybe maybe you miss two starts. Maybe maybe, but no. Look, if you definitely if you, won, right? If you if you appeal it and then you make your start, yep. And then you say, oh, you know what? I'm not going to appeal it. And you all right? We're out for ten days. You miss that one start, and then you come back with maybe a little bit extra rest. Exactly. And I don't and see that's the thing that that gets me about baseball. They're they're the best. Uh, no, I, I, I'm going to appeal it and still play. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, so are they saying that there's no – you're not allowed anything on the mound now? They are – they are um, – they're not saying that. I'll go through it again during mm-hmm. the break and see if I could – there's yeah. There's certain things I guess you'll be able to do, I would think. I mean, all how right? do you enforce this? You you're know, allowed I don't to use know. certain substances Maybe. but not I mean, I don't others. know. I mean – because once again, it says that uh, multiple pitchers who have asked for anonymity to avoid any punishment from the league told ESPN they have either stopped using foreign substances altogether or shifted from spider tack to pine tar. But but pine tar is not allowed either. Oh, are they, are they oh, going to allow didn't know? guys to use pine tar now? Gordon, you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> if hey, guess what. You know what? They should be able to. If the hitters can use pine tar, they should be able to use pine tar. That's like going from cocaine to LSD. They're both <laughs> illegal. You can't use either of them. I mean, what are we doing here? Oh, this stuff is this stuff is actually pretty good. Yes, it's also illegal. You can't use pine tar. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and and then here here's here's my next question for you, Gordon. What happens when players start to get hit? Right. Oh, I mean, it's coming, right? Because and and here's the excuse. I can't grip the baseball. I can't grip the baseball. What do you want from me? And Gordon, it hadn't gotten hot yet. Wait till these hot July, Mm -hmm. August days, Mm -hmm. you know, day games, humidity in the night games when the ball's flying out of the ballpark because it's so humid. All right? And now, uh, oh, I can't can't grip the ball. The only thing you're going to be able to put on the baseball is going to be from that rosin bag. Wow, uh, that's <laughs> this. I mean, this is going to be a brave new. I mean, we're just going to shift things completely in the middle of the season. Um, well, look, I mean, guys weren't supposed to be using anything anyway, that's but right. it's been part of the game for forever. Yep. I'm sure some guys are still going to try to to use some something somewhere, and they'll figure out a way around it. The catcher, whatever. But I just feel like, I mean, this is another example of baseball just. Walking in the door, no self-awareness whatsoever, and just plopping themselves down in the chair and making themselves an issue where one didn't need to exist. Here's another one for you, Gordon. League-wide batting average since June 3rd, when the first reports about the league's crackdown surfaced, 247. It's uh, Rugnit Odor's hot streak is right around the corner, Larry. It was 236 up to that point in the season. League-wide spin rate on fastballs down substantially. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Uh-oh. It's going to be interesting, Gordon. That's all I yeah, got to say. It will, it will be interesting. We'll see how it plays out. And, um, you know, uh, again, I know that Cole has become the poster child for it and maybe Bauer to a certain degree. But I would think that bullpens throughout baseball. I mean, you take a look at these guys who come in throwing hard and, and you see the, the yeah. movement on their pitches. You're like, oh, my God, how can anybody hit any of this yeah, stuff? Exactly. 
I think those bullpens are all of a sudden going to be taking a hit. And then you know what's going to happen? The games are going to start becoming four hours long again, and then baseball is going to say, you know what, we need to speed things up. Yeah. <laughs> now what do we do? Well, right. let's get that spin rate back up. Yeah. I mean, they're just amazing. It's lo- they're lost. They're they lost. Are. Carol's in Jersey. Hey, Carol, you're next on 98.7. Hi, how are you? I, I thought that game today with the, the Hawks and the 76ers, that was one of the best comebacks I've ever seen, really. Because I thought they were going to blow the Hawks away, and uh, it turned out to be a great game. And there have not been that many great games in the no. playoffs so far this year, so it definitely stands out. I mean, that's, that's Yeah, a, that's but you a... know something, Trey? Trey Young is so great. He's one of the shortest players, I think, in the NBA. He's only like six one or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, when I played basketball, I was one of the shortest players too. When I played in high school, so I, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for him. Actually, <laughs> I know you. I hear what you're saying, Carol. Thanks for the phone call. He is listen. And Gordon, he's going to get better because he's facing tougher defenses in the postseason uh, with more on the line. He's going to be (laughs) – next season, he's going to be even better because he's learning how to play. Yeah. I mean, that's – we all talked about that before the Knicks series, right, about the Knicks players getting some playoff experience. Their playoff experience was – their first taste of the playoffs was not a good taste. His first taste of the playoffs has been very good, and it has the potential now to be even better, right? I mean, they got the series back tied. Yeah, exactly. Here's what Kendra Perkins had to say about this series coming up between the Nets and the Bucks, Game 5 without Kyrie or Harden. They do. They do. And you know why? Because of Kevin Durant. And I know everyone overreacted because he struggled last night. But you got to understand, psychologically, when you already have one of your top dogs out in James Harden and you watch Kyrie go out and you don't know what, you know, what, what, at what degree, like, is he hurt or if it's going to be a, a long-term thing or a short-term thing, the first thing goes through your mind is that you hope that it's nothing serious where you have to have surgery, period, to get the playoffs. So psychologically, people have to understand your mental is not there and you have to try to overcome that. And I know he struggled and he and KD struggled, but guess what? He's going to adjust, all right? And he's going to bounce back. Now, the question is, can Blake Griffin give you the hmm. same 18 and 14 that he gave you in game one? And can Jeff Green step up to the plate? Can Joe Harris give you 20 points? That's going to be the key. I picked the Bucks to win in seven, even before Kyrie was injured. But right now... I'm not going to count KD out, but I do say, I mean, I'd be a fool to sit up here and say that the Bucks don't have the upper hand. I just want to see how the Bucks are going to respond on the road. We know they play well at home, but I want to see how they're going to go into Brooklyn and respond. We know KD is going to do his job. This is what the others are going to do. There's no question about that. It is going to be interesting to see how they respond, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what – you know, uh, Middleton and Giannis do as well. Gordon? I need Professor Gordon again. Uh-oh. I don't know that Professor Gordon did a great job the first time, but well, no, no, he, give did. It he gave me. me some answers. He gave me All some right. answers. I'm good. I see that Jacob DeGrom has become a betting favorite to win the National League MVP award. 
Yeah. Now, Gordon, this goes back to an age-old discussion. And so many folks believe that pitchers, because they pitch every fifth day, every fourth day, whatever, they should not be considered MVPs, that the Cy Young Award is their MVP award for pitchers. So I'm just curious, and I realize, listen, that he's been dominant. Everybody knows. I don't have to tell you how good he is. Everybody sees it. But, Gordon, do you think, first of all, what do you think about the betting line promo code Gordon, obviously? Yeah, I, I do not uh, bet on uh, MVP uh, so far this year. Uh, I can, I'm of the belief that I don't like pitchers winning the MVP. And any time that it would, ha- for me, there would have to be the caveat of there's not really that offense. It, it, there has to be like also like an opening for the pitcher to get it. But you'd have to say, if the Mets continue doing what they're doing, and, and you'd have to say at this point, they're kind of, I, I know you don't want to hear me say this, but they're kind of running away with the division. I know. And he keeps doing what he's doing. I think it's a pretty good bet. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, Hershiser? I know, not Hershiser, um, uh Clayton. Um, Kershaw. Kershaw. And I forgot who the other person was. That's the only two people who've won in the past, like, 20 years. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Um, no. I mean, in the American League, there was the – I can't even remember his name now. In 84, the Tigers' closer was the guy who won the MVP award, which was very, very, uh, very very strange. Um, and closers yeah. never get it. Yeah, I mean, closers I mean, have trouble getting getting Cy Young. <laughs> right. So it doesn't happen that often, I think. Kershaw, was it 2015 or something I think he like was, that? yeah, somewhere yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it doesn't happen very often. So, it definitely, Clemens, I know, won it in 86 because mm-hmm. he beat uh, he beat out um, Mattingly that year. I, I want to say, I want to say Dennis Eckersley won it once with Oakland, but I'm not, I'll take a look. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, it doesn't happen very often, but, I mean, you'd have to say, uh, with the with the way that that Degrom has just absolutely toyed with teams this year, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if he I, I don't think that it's possible for him to go a whole season like this. But if he does, right, you got to win. You got to have a you got to be on a good team to win MVP, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to be you got to stand out. And he has certainly. I mean, he has been the story of this year in Major League Baseball. Yeah. He I mean, him has. and Otani. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, this this might be one of the rare times that you can say, as you mentioned, that DeGrom, because of his dominance, because of and his dominance and consistency, I mean, I don't want to be greedy, Gordon, but he could win both. Yes, Absolutely. Well, look, if he, if he wins the MVP, he better win the Cy Young. <laughs> Willie Hernandez was the guy I was thinking. Willie Hernandez, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, so I got yeah. a list here. Uh, okay. Kershaw won it in uh, 2014. I thought it was 2015. Uh, mm-hmm. 2014, Justin Verlander. I don't remember that. In 2011. Wow. Won wow. the pitching triple crown. So uh, that was in 2011. 92 was Eckersley. Um, so that's the time. he And then Clemens in 86. Willie Hernandez in 84. Raleigh Fingers in 81. Oh, the handlebar mustachio. Yeah. And then Vita Blue in 71. Oh, yeah. Denny McLean in 68. Mm-hmm. Bob Gibson in 68. So two pitchers won MVP that year. Wow. Well, they were You're both the dominant. pitcher, right? They were both dominant. <laughs> well, Denny McLean had over 30 wins. 
mm-hmm. and uh, Gibson with the with the one point one two ERA, and Sandy Koufax in sixty three, Don Newcomb in fifty six. So there yeah. you go. So the, you know, but uh, you know, it was just interesting to me because you know Vegas knows, <laughs> Vegas has their point, they're into the ground. So I was just I was just fascinated by that because that's always been the age old discussion, and much, and Gordon, a lot of people feel like you, normally. That listen, the pitchers have their own award. Don't, don't get them in the way of the MVP because they they don't play every day. There's got to be a rare circumstance where a starting pitcher deserves the MVP award. But you know, listen, uh, Vegas understands what the Grom is doing. We all understand what the Grom is doing. And here would be the interesting thing. Now, if what they whatever baseball does and however they decide to you know, figure out how to find out who's using whatever from mm-hmm. pitching. If he is still done, and I'm not saying he's using it, Gordon, right. but I am saying already we're noticing that because people have apparently cut down, that we're noticing the averages are starting to creep up. If he still remains dominant, he's got oh, a hell of that, a case. Right, yeah. I mean, oh, look, here's the thing. And, and, and if you say that you think that maybe he might be using something. I'm not saying that that's the reason why he's as dominant as he is, but if you're Mm -hmm. saying that 90% of pitchers are using something, then yeah, he probably is in that group. Now, do I think that that's going to make him all of a sudden become some mere mortal? No, but you'd have to think that that would, it's not going to certainly help his numbers. I would not think if, 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 if everybody is using something, some even if it's not spider tack, if it's rot, you know the, the the combination of the sunscreen and everything else, um, you would have to think that more offense is probably not great for him unless he is able to kind of maintain where he's at. Interesting. Yeah, Brian. I got, I got the I got the guys here. Acuna okay, go ahead. is uh, Acuna, Tatis, Degrom, Chris Bryant are are some of the the favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Acuna, the Braves are not really doing anything so far. Tatis, I could kind of see that yeah. there. Um, but I, I think the story of this year in the National League so far has been Jacob deGrom. Now it's, what, June 14th? So mm-hmm. we still got a ways to go. But, yeah, I yeah. could definitely see him. I mean, if, if, it would be hard. You'd be hard-pressed to find any of those other guys that did win both that have put up numbers like this. I mean, the only one you would be able to really say would be Bob Gibson, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Here's some notes that Brian put together. After opening at 40-1, to DeGrom now the NL MVP favorite at 2-1 to at Caesars Sportsbook by William Hill. He went from 9-1 to to the favorite at 2-1 to in a week at BetMGM Sportsbooks. He moved ahead of Fernando Tatis Jr. last week despite leaving his most recent start on Friday with flexor tendonitis. He's expected to be available for his next start on Wednesday. Oh, dear God. Uh, DeGrom's departure caused William Hill Nevada Sportsbook to halt betting on the NL MVP, but the company's New Jersey shops kept the odds on the board. So a better with William Hill in Jersey placed a $1,000 bet on DeGrom to win NL MVP at 6-1 to one odds prior to his last start. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of taking a look at the National League right now. Um, you know, the, the Central is kind of a little bit of a hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Reds have some guys that have played very, very well. The Giants have been a great story so far this year. Have Are they going to be able to maintain that throughout the season? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would think it's Tatis. Maybe is Mookie Betts having a big year this year? I mean, I would think maybe Mookie Betts is a guy, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know uh, how much 
better you can be than DeGrom. I mean, if he, yeah. it's really a question of if he can stay healthy and even, yes. I, I can't imagine he's going to maintain this throughout the entire season, but mm -hmm. um, if, if he comes close. <laughs> All right, what's, well, let, let's, let's, let's investigate it, Gordon. What changes it for you? If he gets an ERA over what? Where, where does his ERA have to go? For you to say, well, you know what? Now he's not really MVP. He's really just a really good pitcher. Still, still, still could get Cy Young, but right. MVP, eh, I'm not so sure. Uh, to me, it has to be no quite. It, it almost is like he has to pass a, a higher bar because he's the pitcher. Right. So I don't really have a specific number, but it would have mm -hmm. to be the Mets win the division. He's the main reason why he's able to stay healthy, and he has a season that that's what everybody's talking about this year. Mm-hmm. At okay. least so far, <laughs> so far so good. <laughs> so far, he's on track. Yeah, <laughs> to do what you're what you're talking about. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Clippers are trying to make a statement tonight, Gordon. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. Fifty one twenty three with five a little over five minutes left before halftime. Gordon, I'm trying to do it. I've tried to do it. I've tried to do it. And, and I hate to say this to you, but Gordon, I think you beat me down. How's I'm leaning that? over. I'm leaning over to your side. I'll explain it to you next on 987 right. ESPN. So, Gordon, you've worn me down, my friend. Okay. Normally, I'm the guy that says, oh, it's June. Give me yeah. a break. It's June. You got plenty of time. And, Gordon, you do have plenty of time. Mm -hmm. But, Gordon, I, I, I'm beginning to come to your side. I, I don't know if they can recover. It's getting late I don't early. Know. It's good. They got so many teams ahead of them, and they haven't played well in the division where they play so many teams. Now, the mm -hmm. other side of that is if they got hot and they were able to gain some momentum and beat those teams, that would be very helpful. But I, I just them losing, the, the, them losing this weekend, Gordon. I, I was to a Phillies team that's got. They may have the worst bullpen in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in the words of a, a former Yankee manager, it's not what you want. No. And I really think that more so, and you're right, I mean, you can lay it out, but I think more so than anything else, the Yankees just aren't a very good team. They don't, no. They're not a very talented team, and they have guys who are talented that are not playing well for whatever reason. So uh, I don't know if you are still – the only thing you can hold your hat on if you are a Yankee fan at this point, is that it is still relatively, not early, but there's a lot of time left. Mm -hmm. Anything else, any eye test that you give this team, they fail. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they, 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 don't, they don't play fundamental baseball well. Nope. They don't defend well. Nope. Uh, they hate, they're terrible on the bases. Yep. Uh, their, their offense is terrible. They have bad offensive players in the lineup every single day. They are not willing to spend more money to bring in different players. They're not going to change anything of any significance the rest of the way. They're behind three teams in their own division, and they can't beat those teams in that division. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what other way to put it, yeah. but unless spider Tack is like <laughs> kryptonite... And all of a sudden tomorrow they're going to just start banging home runs left and right. I don't. I don't. I think it's 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 almost possible that they this might be the end of the run of finishing above five hundred. That's how bad they are. And the downside about what you said about Spider Tech is 
the way the starting pitching has been of late, that means the home runs are going out too. So it's going to be like yeah. 11, 10, 10, 9 games. Well, it's almost like John McKay had the old line about we, we, uh, we didn't tackle anybody, but we made up for it by not blocking anybody either. <laughs> you know, Yankees, uh, we, we, ha- we didn't score any runs, but we made up for it by not pitching very well either. I mean, they're just not a very good team. And I don't know that any changes – I mean, I've seen the articles, you know, six weeks until the trade deadline. Here's some realistic targets the Yankees could go after. I don't think they're going after anybody. I don't think they're going to do a thing. And they're going to present it as, well, you know, we're going to get Luke Voigt back. We believe the guy – we believe in the guys in the room. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've gotten some bad breaks this year. And, and that's the way they're going to play. You know, when, when, when your big acquisitions at the trade deadline are going to be guys coming back from injury, that to me is not a team that is committed to winning. And, and really, who are you missing? You're missing Luke yeah. Voigt and, and, uh, and Britain. And yeah. Britain's back. So and Britain's back. You're not re- I mean, injuries are not really the issue of this Yankee team. I mean, they've had some injuries. Everybody's had injuries. Ray's had tons of injuries. Yeah. Doesn't hold and them Severino. back. And Severino. Oh, Severino. But you weren't expecting him back by this point anyway. Right. right. I mean, that was, I mean, talk about, they don't oh, have the bad production and bad luck and bad timing. Everything's bad right now. It just now. fits. I mean, at a time when you could say, oh, well, you know what, Gordon, and they're going to have to make a decision about Tyon. I can't, you can't keep sending oh, him out there. He's terrible. You he's, can't keep I mean, sending that's, him out there. That's yeah. another one of the Debbie Brian Garcia, Cashman's moves that you're like, ah, you know what, maybe, but. You knew it wasn't going to win. I mean, yeah, you were right. And Kluber's on the DL, just like yep. you said. Yep. Those are two, no those are two lottery tickets. Those were two lottery tickets that you were hoping to cash in on a year where the owner was not willing to go above a certain amount of money. And, and look, based on the, the way that the, the guys who are getting money on this team have played, it might be right. I mean, why would I sink another, you know? I mean, how much more money do you have to sink into this team to, to put – I mean, they don't – they don't have anybody in the organization that can play first base. That's nobody. Scary. Nobody scary. in the organization can play first base. They have nobody that can play center field outside of, what, 38-year-old Brett Gardner. Mm-hmm. Hey. Oof. Hey, he's Bro. playing every day. Every day. He's he can't hit. He can't hit. And then yesterday, I mean, I, 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 look, I want to be open-minded about the analytics. I want to be... You can convince me if you if you present the facts in a in a logical way. Why you didn't think Judge deserved the day off? Well, look, if he had back spasms, okay. I mean, the fact that even when he's healthy, it's like there's it's always like they're walking a tightrope just to keep him healthy, right? I yeah. mean, like, oh, we gotta give him this day, we gotta give him the... with a day off, right? Day off Friday, day off today. Needed a day. <laughs> All right, fine. If the whoever comes up with the lineup, if it's a computer program that comes up with the lineup. And it says that Rugnit Odor is batting third. Throw away the computer. Take the computer and, and send it in for an update or something. Unplug it. Do something. There's no way that Rugnit Odor on any professional team should be batting third ever. Oh. Ever. Oh. What do they do? I mean, like, what the hell? Like, if someone gave you that lineup, you'd look at You'd think it was like a joke. Yeah. Oh, my God, that was terrible. I'm sorry, Gordon. Yeah, I just saw the Kawhi. I'm a little bit behind you, but yes, I mean, that that does take your breath away. He just had a – Kawhi just slammed over somebody, and that was an absolute posterization. 
And not wow. one of those like you. No, you it was not it. a halfway one. No, he <laughs> was full bore. I don't oh. know. Was it Joe Ingles? I don't know who it was he know. dunked on. But I, that was he's ugly. hoping that nobody knows. Right, nobody ever finds out. Right. <laughs> he's hoping the wife knows. Right, no, it was to somebody else. Yeah, it was Joe Ingles. Yep, it was definitely him. He's hoping that they just relied on the dunk, not who it was on. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to the phones. Bruce is in Flushing. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. I have the net point and the Yankee points. First on the Nets. Call me crazy, but I think the Nets are setting up the Milwaukee Bucks. I think Harden is going to play tomorrow for this reason. The Nets don't want to go back down to Milwaukee 3-2. Tomorrow's game is a game they need to get. I know it's it's it's, it's not um, a termination thing, but you need that game if you're the Nets. And so let's say Harden's forty percent, fifty percent. So if if you if you play him outright, okay, but they're ready for him. But if you if you if you're a Nets player and Nets fan and you don't expect Harden to play. And you see him come out and play, right? And and the Milwaukee's not expecting it. The fans are not expecting it. And remember, Willis Reed just hit two shots in in, in that game seven. It was Frazier who did all the hard work. I, I don't know. Call me crazy, but I believe the Nets may be setting up the Milwaukee uh, Bucks. Your comments and have a Yankee point. Yeah, I don't see it. Bruce. Uh, I don't see it either, Bruce. Uh, and you know what's funny? Gordon, I was having, and Bruce, I was having a conversation with a, a friend today. In today's NBA, and, and call me crazy, in today's NBA, I don't know that Willis Reed, a Willis Reed situation like that would even happen today. You, you know what? You're going to be right. I really, don't, I really don't think so. I don't think a Willis Reed situation would happen, happen like that today. Um, but no, I don't think so. I, because here, here's the reason why, Bruce, for me, he just look how long he was out, and he just walked on the court. Yeah, he wasn't even on the court a minute, nope. and he walked right off. So I yeah. think they're going to be very, and that said, they're going to be very careful. What they're going to do is right. is is try to get the, get try to do what they can to get a win. And now, if they can, I guess to them, their best bet would be maybe Harden in a game six. Maybe they can get something Bring him back from for Kyrie. game seven. There you exactly. go. That's yeah, what exactly. he's known for, right? Game yeah. sevens all of exactly. a sudden. So, so I, I, I know what you're saying, Bruce, but I don't, I don't think in this case it's going to go. What's your Yankee point? Okay, here's, here's my Yankee point. Now, there's some more ways to go with this Yankee team. I mean, in my humble opinion, Cashman is going at the end of the year. House line for full trigger. But if you listen to Michael K. show today, and they were talking about, well, you can't bring in Buck because he's old-time and, and he's not a Brian Cashman guy. And if you want to make a change and if Cashman wants to shake things up, I'll throw a name at you. You fire Boone, even though I don't think it's his fault, and you bring in Carlos Beltran. He'll, he'll, he'll be good um, with the Latin American guys. He's a, he's a knowledgeable ball player. He was part of the front office for the last couple of years before the Mets hired him. He's a cashman guy. And and this way you shake up the team and without having to go to an old time guy. He's a new time guy and and deals with the analytics. Your comments. Bruce, I don't think that they're gonna fire Aaron Boone. But if they do, I think you have hit on the most, li- not maybe the most likely, but I think you've hit on the perfect candidate. 
I'll put it that way. I don't think that they're going to make any changes uh, because I think they're just going to ride this down. Uh, but uh, Beltron, I mean, he would check a lot of boxes. He would be great. Yeah. He would be the great. Pro- the only problem with, with Cashman getting rid of Boone is then it puts all – I mean, well, you all kind of think it's all Cashman anyway, but then the, the, the dual focus of blame goes to one person and one person only. Yeah. And it would be Cashman. But, all right, but- well, Beltran would be good. Beltran would be great. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, Gordon. Are we? If Hal says I'm not spending more money, is this Hal's fault? Well, I think it was. You know, I do think that he deserves a bit of blame because this is a team that um, is right now supposed to be in the window of opportunity, right? I mean, this is supposed to. You know, it's four years since you you changed the manager and you haven't won. So yeah, I think he deserves some culpability. I think if you were to put the overall blame on people, you'd have to put it on Cashman because he's the one that is running the team. And in fairness to Hal, he is. Spe- it's not like they're cheap. I mean, they're spending two hundred million dollars. So I can't put it all on him, but I do think that he was short-sighted in saying, you know what, we lost money because we didn't have any fans last year. I'm not spending any more money this year. And now, I mean, all that money is a sunk cost. So, all right, you're spending that money anyway. Do you want to spend a little bit more and have a a better chance of of getting something back? Or do you want to have the team, you know, regress even from where they were last year? And that's that's, uh, that's kind of what you got. But clearly clearly your team needed – Yes. Something else. Yes, clearly. Okay, even though you put the money in, your team still needs it. It's like a house. Okay, I mm-hmm. put something in the house, but it doesn't mean it's never going to – I'm going to stop. I have to right. keep fixing my – there's Absolutely. little things to go wrong with my house. I got to make Absolutely. adjustments. So you have to still spend. Yeah, I, and, and I, look, I don't think that they're going to change Boone, but the only reason why I think there's at least a possibility is because they can't change anything else. Right. If you're making any – outside of maybe selling off a piece or two, but really, what are you selling off? Yeah. I mean, you know, I know that people will start bringing up, you know, oh, it's time to trade Aaron Judge. I don't think they're doing that. No. Um, you know, I think that's more of an off-season kind of move if you were to decide to go in a different direction and shake things up, which I do think they have to change something mm-hmm. after this year. Um, but uh, the reason why I think Boone, you do have to kind of <laughs> almost keep checking Twitter is because I don't think that they're making a big trade. They're not bringing in a big salary. So if you're, you know, Esteban Florial in center field is not shaking things up and they're not do, even doing that. So I think that that's the reason why I think you do have to look at Boone and the possibility of him being fired because I don't think they're going to make any other changes. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.